Welcome to Take Your Lead Podcast with Mzwandele Makakula, a podcast that seeks to empower you to take charge over your personal growth, development, as well as your emotional well-being. Welcome to Take Your Lead Podcast podcast where we empower you to take charge of your personal growth development as well as your emotional well-being thank you so much for being part of a community of leaders who are intentional and purposeful about their growth as best as we can we promise to give you quality content and amazing guests who will come and pour so much knowledge and wisdom to us which we can apply i think one of the beautiful things we try to do as a leadership podcast is to give you practical keys and steps and tools that you can apply in your context one of the beautiful things i've actually learned when it comes to leadership is how leadership cuts across the board it is not contextual it's not limited to a certain discipline or for certain ceos only but leadership is actually applied in every context of life, in your family, in your business, in your health, in your decisions, in your finances, et cetera, et cetera. And I do encourage you as well to listen to the podcast with your teams if you lead a group of people or individuals so that you can apply the content together. And that will help you scale up the results of what you are learning. On today's podcast episode, I am extremely excited to be joined by a phenomenal guest, uh, an amazing voice in our nation. Um, let me brag a bit on her. She's done amazing things in her life. And we'll talk more to that as we have the conversation. She was actually recently um, named by Mail and Guardian as one of the 100 young Mandelas of the future because of the role that she plays in amplifying the voices of young Africans through international events that she has. She's literally been around the globe, uh, spoke on amazing platforms with incredible leaders. We are so privileged, Take Your Lead community, to have a brilliant mind. Um, the founder and director of the Business Development Agency, which is a business consultancy training and capacity building uh, company that helps businesses to scale up. She's really one of the people who believes in entrepreneurship with her whole heart and she lives her life to add value to help entrepreneurs find their calling and scale their businesses. And I'm so excited on today's podcast to be joined by the one and only Cindy Pearl Mapumulo. Welcome to Take Your Lead podcast. Hi, thank you so much Mzwandile for having me. I'm absolutely excited to be on this absolutely incredible platform as well. Um, I hope I do justice um, <laughs> after, that introduction, after that introduction. So yeah, thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for taking time. And I'm really so excited uh, for us to have this conversation. I strongly believe that it's gonna add so much value to our podcast community, especially within the backdrop of leadership and entrepreneurship. I think what I'd really like us to speak to and we'll talk more to that is building from the ground up because um, entrepreneurship, but maybe before we dive into entrepreneurship and speak more to that, because I know that's your comfort, maybe just to introduce yourself and 
as to who you are and some of the transitions that you've made in your life, which have brought you and landed you to where you are currently. Just share with us a bit of your story. Sure, uh, it's a long story. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think every entrepreneur, you know, says that it's a long story. Um, so basically just, you know, how I would describe myself or how I tell my story is that I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I am certainly a leader. I consider myself a, a, a leader. Um, I'm the managing director of the business development agency, as you have rightfully put. Um, and, you know, just maybe in layman's term, it's a private agency that, um, you know, I started or founded uh, back in 2014. Um, we service SMEs in various sectors. Um, and the agency has three specific uh, pillars of focus, which is enterprise and supply development. Um, we're in the business advisory space and finance uh, space and really at the heart of the agency, as again, you had mentioned, is capacity building um, of these SMEs. And of course, um, as you know, widely known that SMEs do enhance competition, job creation, innovation and economic growth. Which brings me to the, you know, the 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 other question that or point that you had put across. Um, this is, you know, it's with these understandings that, um, you know, that I founded the, um, you know, the business development agency, but also transitioned myself from my initial business. So the initial business that I um, had started, which by the way failed, um, but I choose not to say it failed. I choose to call it school fees, um, mainly because I picked up some really invaluable lessons there that no textbook. Um, or no academic institution could have ever taught me um, really um, insightful um, and, and, and really great lived experiences that I've carried over, you know, to the business um, development space. I got very lucky, you know, early on, um, you know, to be exposed to, you know, platforms with global leaders. Um, also because, you know, I've always just been really active. Um, but my, you know, my story really, be, you know, began much earlier in my life uh, in primary school. Um, I was quite busy on the playground. I was selling silkworms, I was selling candy, I was selling paintings, I was selling everything that I thought was quite interesting. But it ended soon. Um, and then later on in life, um, you know, I, I, like I'd mentioned, I got the opportunity to be on, uh, on platforms with global leaders. I joined the Global Shapers community, which is um, a youth um, organization, a community under the World Economic Forum, um, and serving there. Um, essentially, you know, really did open up doors for me because then, you know, I started being recognized at these different platforms and would be invited and people were quite interested in what I had to say and the mm -hmm. passions which I had, um, you know, back at the time. And of course, you know, it was um, empowering entrepreneurs, although at the time, like I mentioned, I was focusing more on the branding and marketing space, um, but really I was servicing SMEs. Yeah. So I got, you know, exposed um, a lot to the challenges that these SMEs you know, face and, you know, some of them would call me up and be like, oh, you know, bro, um, now I'm, you know, facing this. Can you help me with that? Do you do this? And do you do that? And it just became a, you know, a whole, you know, consulting thing that I was doing. And I realized actually that is precisely where my passion was, um, you know, but I didn't realize at the time that actually what I'm doing is business development. And it's only until when I got, you know, exposed to these different platforms and various leaders, did I then, you know, start understanding or discovering rather um, where my true passion really lies? Mm. Um, and of course, capacity building for me really is important in that that's what I needed when I was starting out in business, right? When I was starting out in entrepreneurship, I couldn't afford to, you know, to get a degree, um, you know, with my family. Think, you know, the, like with many, you know, black children out there or African Africans out there who cannot really afford to, you know, complete. The academic, um, you know, schooling. I was in the 
same boat. Um, and then I had to, you know, quickly, you know, find, um, you know, work. At the time, I worked as a sales agent, and and really, again, that was training me, you know, to transition into the entrepreneurship space because that's one of the really key skills that you require, especially when you're a startup and you're just self-employed and it's just you. You are the salesperson. If you cannot sell, uh, you don't have a business because a business means you have customers, right? So, yeah. So that's you know that's pretty much um, you know the story. Um, started out really small, I, you know, I, and I moved into other aspects of media. At the time, I was in TV production, and I was uh, essentially helping create content for an entrepreneurship show that plays on the national broadcaster, still is on today. Um, and um, you know, from there again, I, you know, I was gaining knowledge on the challenges that SMEs and entrepreneurs are facing in in, in the country. And yeah, it it really, you know, just fed the already, um, you know, discovered desire to assist, um, you know, entrepreneurs or SMEs. So, yeah, so that, you know, that's, that pretty much, you know, encapsulates what my, what my journey, you know, has been and how I moved from this place to, you know, to the next. That's amazing. Um, you've got such an amazing story to tell and that you live out. And I just want to double click on your story just to pull about two straws, which I think are going to be so helpful for the podcast community. And the first one being, uh, you spoke about failure and how <laughs> your first business failed, but you took it as tuition paid and how from that failure you learned what you wouldn't learn from a business school and from a textbook. Maybe speak more to that as to the role of failure in the life of a leader or an entrepreneur, because chances are when we start out, we fail more than we succeed. Uh, and what's the role uh, that failure plays when someone starts out with an amazing business idea and they've got this big vision that they have for their lives, but along the way, it just seems to fail? Well, you know, I, I always just say that, you know, the, the really the most important thing about failure is what you get out of it, right? What do you learn from it? Because mm -hmm. if it happens and you have learned nothing, then it was all in vain. Right. And, and, and not not every like, you know, like I was saying, I, I choose to call it school fees because mm -hmm. there's a lot of invaluable lessons that I that I drew out of that experience. And I carried over into what I am still doing here today. Right. I understood, um, you know, how to you know separate my finances, my personal finances to that of my business. Um, I understood, you know, what, what management, you know, should look like, or is like, not just management of people, but managing myself, right? Wow. Making sure that when I do um, say that I have ABC tasks, I put a timeline. So just because I am self-employed, you know, at the time, it does not necessarily mean that I have to chill because, you know, I'm self-employed and I don't report to anyone. But the truth is how you carry yourself as well does have a direct impact um, on the business as well. I mean, there's a lot of things um, from networking to um, how do I make sure that I have the results that I require at the end of the month um, mm -hmm. within my business. Um, and, and that really does boil down to, to managing, not just managing the various tasks that need um, you know, to be managed in a, in a business, whether it's managing you know, external partners or, or people that are working within the business, et cetera. But it, it's also about managing yourself, right? Wow. Um, are you at work on time? Do you start on time? You have to carry yourself mm. um, in the same manner that you when you're working for someone else. Um, and that's just one of the things that a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, don't don't necessarily, I don't want to say respect, but maybe don't adhere to. Mm. I'll probably use that word. Um, and, 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 and for me, those were like the invaluable, you know, lessons. Um, and, and also, again, making sure, understanding the fact that 
um, just because you know when when you are working somewhere you know, uh, when you're employed, you work from nine to five or eight to, to four, whatever the time is. When you are an entrepreneur, especially when you're starting on for, for many years, I mean, I still do even today, uh, maybe I've, I've chilled out a bit, but literally your office is open 12 hours, at least for me, it is open 12 hours a day because you are having to put more effort, you are building the systems in making sure that this machine is gonna run is gonna run well. Um, and then you find the different people that are going to fill the various parts of running this machine, right? But right at the beginning, it's you, and you have to be the one that is responsible enough that has to lead yourself, um, you know, in such a way that you taking this company to a place that is going to be birthing results for you. Um, and then you're creating employment, and essentially that's what I choose to look at. How I choose to see SMEs as job creators, as innovators, you know, those that spark innovation in economies. Um, yeah, and, and so so I couldn't have learned any of that even if I was sitting in a classroom somewhere. It had to sting, <laughs> you know. It had to sting for it to you know to sit um, and really be you know, a lesson that one could never forget. Um, but also again, a lesson that one can um, you know action you know from. Wow. Um, okay. Two things, uh, just to conclude this part. One, especially in terms of the role of entrepreneurs, there's a beautiful book by Michael Hyatt where he speaks, uh, I think entrepreneurs will save the world, an amazing book. And I'm picking up a lot of that as well as to how you believe in entrepreneurship and the contribution and role that they play in terms of building the economy. Uh, what are your thoughts, especially with the backdrop of the year 2020 and the impact that COVID had, the pandemic globally? Uh, what role do you think entrepreneurs can play in terms of rebuilding the economy? Of course, it, you know, it is innovation. Um, thinking around how, how do we now work? Because remember, I, th I think one of, the, one of the, the greatest, um, you know, thing is, is adapting, right? how adaptable are you and how how well um i suppose how well have you structured your business such a way is your business adaptable basically okay. right um and how quickly can you adapt because there was imagine so you know i was actually thinking about this and reflecting imagine the people that had you know uh, plans for 2020 and they were drafting their the plan for the year and the milestones for the year uh in january or maybe the previous year in november right did they see March coming? And, a lot, and the truth is a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of SMEs, even big business as well, um, and government, you know, as well, a lot of organizations did not see this pandemic, you know, coming. Um, and by the time it was March, a lot of the stuff that was written, um, you know, in, in, in the yay in June, um, you know, I had to be scraped out, really. It, 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 it did not work out the way that we, you know, that we had planned, but that is life. And in fact, I mean, it's not the first time that we, you know, we have, you know, short surprises, basically, whether it's pandemics or it's the World Trade Center being, you know, uh, attacked or whether it's a civil war somewhere or whether it's a xenophobia attacks in South Africa that are affecting the land and all of these things, we, we live in a very spontaneous, um, you know, uh, world, but I mean, there's always been things that are popping up and that happen. And then, you know, the, the, the bottom line then always comes back to how adaptable are you and how flexible are you in quickly shifting and thinking about, okay, 
So this is happening. I cannot change this and I do not have control over this particular situation. But what do I have control over and how can I, as an entrepreneur, uh, survive during this period? But how can I also um, bring answers to a question that currently the economy has? Because that's essentially what entrepreneurship is, isn't it? Entrepreneurship is answering questions, right? Um, so move from that. And of course, with a lot of um, you know industries, it was very difficult and tough. And you know, we saw a lot of people now transitioning to supplying uh, PPE and other mm. uh, essential you know services and goods, you know, during that time. And that's okay if you're doing it. You know, if you're not crooking people out of it, because also there were a lot of um, you know issues around you know people, the integrity, you know, around you know that whole that whole space during the time. But, you know, it, it's very important, you know, the type of entrepreneurial thinking, right, to solve certain problems or to come or to answer the questions that continuously arise. I don't believe that 2021 will not have its own challenges. Every year has its own challenges, right? Um, we just need to learn how to, you know, derive lessons from whatever it was that we have. And then as entrepreneurs, find ways in which we could, you know, answer those questions for the customers that we are serving, but also for the country as well. That's beautiful. Um, that's, that's beautiful. I think um, something you said, which was so profound, which I found so profound, especially maybe to your journey and your story, you spoke about how you used to do a lot of things uh, in your early stages of business um, from school. Uh, you started with marketing, et cetera, et cetera. When did you begin to zoom into business development and the importance thereof of focus where as a entrepreneur or as a leader you begin because you can all of these things you used to do you were exceptional at doing them i remember your brand branding and marketing was one of your strengths in terms of logo designs websites etc cetera, etc cetera. but there was a time where you left a certain strength to focus on one core thing uh maybe what's the value and the importance in the life of an entrepreneurial leader of focus sure um so earlier on you know as i had uh, you know mentioned and, and again what you were saying that i was doing a lot of things right um i was volunteering here volunteering there doing a whole lot of things um and that assisted me in you know getting closer and closer to understanding what it is that i really care about and what it is that i really 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 want to you know dedicate my life you know, in, 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 in doing. And when I was doing the, you know, the, the, the graphic designing stuff that I was doing, really the passion and the drive behind that or the inspiration behind that was my love for businesses and SMEs and entrepreneurs. I have a very big, soft, mushy spot for SMEs and entrepreneurs. Um, and that was the driver behind all of that, right? Um, and that's where it was coming from because also, again, at some point, I was not doing the graphic work or graphic design work myself. I had people that were, you know, that were doing that on my behalf uh, within, you know, for, for the company. And the results remained the same, but because the, the passion and the motivation was the same. So even at that time, you know, it was, you know, it moved from logo and then it became, can you help us design this uh, business proposal? But then the business proposal part also required us to, you know, for me to, you know, to, to have to research um so that you're writing things that are based on facts um and and then i got to realize okay wait this is where you know i am moving to right now i see this is where i'm moving to this is where my heart is um you know right now and again this is where my strengths are um right now it is to edify 
um, and to help develop and build capacity of these SMEs. And so branding then became only a small part of the big picture, right? Um, and then I decided, you know what, I cannot do two things at once. I'm going to slowly start moving from that point to business development fully. And then I started investing, you know, my time and efforts towards that as well. I still had clients coming in, you know, in the graphics space or the, the, the logo designing, all of that stuff that I was doing. But these clients and the money that was made here was then being invested in, in doing this stuff um, and, and building the, the, the development agency and so um, because I knew also again that I, I needed to you know focus my energies but also what do I mean when I say business development what are the services exactly that I am going to be you know going to be servicing mm -hmm. going to be offering to you know people out there who is my client meaning who's the person that's paying at the end of the day right yeah. is the entrepreneur themselves the ones that are paying or is our ESD departments my clients who happen to be servicing um, these SMEs or the SMEs are the benefactors of what we are doing, but the client is ESD uh, departments within corporates or governments or whatever. Um, and then once I had that, you know, that understanding on, on who the client was, um, and then, you know, that, that's when I started shaping, you know, my business to be attractive to whoever it was that I'm selling to and continuously improve that which I was offering to the client. And then when the company then, you know, had the three pillars that I had mentioned earlier, the ESD business advisory and the, and the, and the finance, I understood then, okay, so who is then going to be, you know, um, consuming the business advisory? Um, one, it has to obviously be a paying client. Um, yeah. And so who is able to pay? And then you realize, oh, wait, SMEs are actually not just EMEs, but SMEs, are clustered in one. There's there's the emerging entrepreneurs. There's the QSEs, which are which are the qualifying small enterprises, mm -hmm. and they are classified. They're separated uh, based on the annual turnover. So, oh wait, the QSEs are the guys that actually can pay for this. So maybe then I should design products for my business advisory that will appeal to these people. But what do they need? And then you start doing your research and investing a whole lot of time and focus and making sure that. Um, you understand the market that you are you, you are servicing, um, and you you know obviously then deliver um, at the best of your ability. Wow! Um, just maybe to also double click on something you mentioned on capacity building, which I think is very key and very important for every business leader. Um, mm. The importance of building yourself while building your business. Um, so maybe speak to that as well in terms of capacity building in as much as you're building your brand and your business, the importance of building yourself, because I strongly believe that whatever you're building will only grow to the size of you as the leader. Mm. Mm. Well, the, the importance of building yourself, um, it's, it's actually a very great point that you're bringing, that you're bringing up in Zandile, um, because remember when you're starting out in business, People are doing business with you and not necessarily the brand or the business that you are building mm. because people are familiar with you. You are the mm. face of the brand. Mm. You are the spokesperson. <laughs> you are the implementer, the manager. You, you are pretty much all of these things. And if, and if you have a lean team, that's still pretty much the case. And people want to do business with Umzwandi. Yeah. So when they build good rapport with you, they want to do business with your company, but not really your company. They want to do business with you. And so, the, you know, the, the developing of or developing your business whilst developing yourself, uh, for me, is the same thing pretty much in the beginning, mm. especially, right? Um, because you do not really have a team that you now also have to focus at developing so that the company grows itself, right? Mm. Um, and so 
also again, just going back to the point that you had mentioned, you being developed or you building the capacity, um, acquiring the knowledge, um, making sure that you, you know, you nurture the networks as well that you that you are a part of and contribute to. The voluntary work that I'd been doing as well had been, you know, quite um, you, you had, had contributed quite a lot, you know, to to where my business is right now because a lot of the, uh, in fact, the, a lot of the the, the business that um, our agency has um, really is largely, literally, largely because of networks versus marketing efforts. It's the wow. networks that have been out, you know, throughout the years. But you know, as you grow, you then start wanting to make sure that you sort of break yourself away from. The, the face of the company and you start having your own identity and make sure that the company, um, you know, starts, you know, having its own, you know, identity and people have an experience with this brand, which is actually one of the tricks as well, of course, of the leading brands. People buy a, for example, would rather buy a, a, a Nike t-shirt uh, versus a t-shirt of the same quality without the Nike logo on it mm. um, because of the experience. And that's what branding mm. is, right? Mm. Um, when, when it's not just the logo, it's not just that tick on the, you know, mm. on the, on, on the t-shirts or the pants or the, the sneakers, but it's the experience that they have. They have a pleasant experience of quality with that particular brand. And so mm. when they see it, um, the brand speaks to them and the brand is the experience. And so mm. um, when you are developing yourself, you, you must be conscious of that fact that you are not just capacity building yourself as an entrepreneur, but you are, you know, um, allowing, you know, the, the people, the client to have a better experience mm. with you, you know, as the person who is the company at first. Um, and once they have a pleasant experience with you, um, then they will keep coming back. One of the things, there's one thing that uh, one of my, uh, my, my mentors uh, once said, she said to me, Pearl, you know what I realized that um, entrepreneurs and especially startups, um, you know, should be selling what they are really selling. And I said, what is that? And, and she said to me, um, we should be selling peace of mind. That, that, mm -hmm. No matter what the service and the product is, wow. what you are selling and what you should be selling is a peace of mind. Wow. Meaning, in other words, that if I get business from Mzwandi, um to do um, X job, right? Mzwandile mm -hmm. um, should go to bed wow. comfortable. If wow. I have given it to girl, I wow. can sleep. I know it will be done. I wow. know it will not just be done, but it will be done perfectly. It will be done at the standard that I wanted or even better, right? Mm. Um, and so essentially what you are selling and what we need to continuously uh, be conscious of when, you know, when, when we are building ourselves, when we are developing ourselves as entrepreneurs, mm. is that we need to get to that point if we haven't already, selling peace of mind wow. to your client. So that even when someone else that has a lower price that comes through to the client and says, look, I will give you at 50% less. They'll be like, yeah, I like your price. Hey, but I'm scared to move from, from, you know, from Pearl because hey, she gives me peace of mind. I'll stick to Pearl. I'll, I will not take my chances. And that's, and that's how you keep wow. you know, the relationship. The capacity building should lead you to that direction wow. as an entrepreneur. Because remember, mm -hmm. you're not only competing with big business, you're competing with other, other entrepreneurs as well. And when you're an SME or an entrepreneur startup, you have very little resources mm -hmm. for you to use in order to, you know, uh, you, you can't really do any gymnastics for these clients. You really have very minimal and the least you can do, which is the most important, is give them a peace of mind. Wow. No, that's a big one. Podcast family, um, I encourage you. That's Pearl just shared pure gold with us. 
uh, please do pause here. Just go back about two, three minutes and begin to listen to that segment. Uh, as an entrepreneur, business leader, whatever you do, ensure that you package it within the backdrop of a peace of mind. That's, that's amazing. Thank you so much for that. I think it also spoke to the next question that I had uh, in terms of branding and marketing and building your business from the ground up. And I think you spoke a lot to that as to how you are the brand at the end of the day as the business leader and people buy you before they buy whatever it is that you have to offer. They buy the experience and that's really so amazing. So now here I am, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a business leader, I want to start. I've prepared, I've got this brilliant concept, um, brilliant idea. Where do I start? Where does one start? How do I start successfully? Maybe if you were to share um, a few checkpoints that leaders entrepreneurs would have to consider in the grassroots stages, which they cannot compromise. So for example, if I'm baking, uh, I can chocolate cake, et cetera, et cetera, but I can't compromise the main ingredients, flour, sugar, I think, milk or eggs. Those are like non-negotiable. I can always add other things, but the basics, what would you say are the basics that every leader or entrepreneur uh, startup needs to consider in the starting phase? Sure. So I will, I will in, in, instead just give people a tool. Right. Okay. So the first thing that you would need to do, yes, you have this idea. And, you know, people, Zandile, they're very touchy with their ideas. I mean, I work with entrepreneurs, like, you know, this idea of mine. And I keep telling them, I am happy that you have this great idea. But until you put it to test and you take it to market and you prove that someone is willing to take out Imaliabo, you know, to give to you for the service of this yeah. product, you don't yet have a business. You just have this idea that is working only in your head, not in the market yet. Yeah. So I think, the, you know, the, the, the advice that I would give, um, you know, people, I know that, um, you know, a lot of um, professionals out there, you know, would still say, hey, guys, uh, do your business plan. Make sure you do your business plan. However, when you look at the business plan, it's actually full of assumptions um, based on the conditions that you are preempting, right? Um, for example, if you had done, again, you know, your business plan in January or December the year before in 2019, your business plan and how things would have been working in, in, in December, the projections that you have for 2020 did not work because 2020 did not work out as how you had preempted in that business plan, mm -hmm. right? Because you did not see the pandemic coming. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I would advise entrepreneurs, the one, those that want to start um, and, and, and believe that they have like really great uh, solutions for, for the market is that they need to go online right? mm -hmm. and go and Google business model canvas. Mm. Now, the business model canvas, essentially, um, I, I would call it a, a business plan on one page, right? It, it has about uh, nine segments on it, and it pretty much highlights the very important things that, the, the, you know, the, the, the skeleton of your business or the foundation, rather, of your business. You have to go there and you list, who, you know, your key partners are. What are the key activities? You have to be very clear, right? It forces you to be very clear your key activities, what's the value propositions, um, what are the customer relationships, um, what are the channels that you need to use in order to get um, you know, your, your, your product out there, uh, what are the key resources that you cannot do without or that you absolutely require, um, what will be the revenue streams, um, and what would be the cost structure, right? Um, and then, of course, customer segments. I think I touched a bit on this when I was explaining the three pillars of the business development agency to say, who's the customer? Um, 
obviously with the ESD um, space, the customer there would be organizations that have a vested interest in developing SME. So there will be corporates, there will be multilateral organizations, governments, et cetera. But then for the business advisory, who's the customer there? The segment for that customer, for that particular, the customer segment for that particular um, pillar then says the QSEs, which I had, you know, mentioned to you, right? So, you know, we, you, you have to be clear. I have this cup that I am manufacturing. And this cup is absolutely amazing, I think, as the inventor. And the, the cup uses, you know, this kind of material. Therefore, it brings me to this, um, you know, cost price. And therefore, this is how much I need to sell this cup. The price of the cup tells you who would be willing to buy that. So if it's a 200 rand worth type cup with really, you know, Lani uh, resources, or if it's a 500 rand worth cup, then you know which, you kind of have to do your research on which stores what sort of partnerships should you be pursuing? Um, and and you know, where will you, you know, you go for, um, you know, to stock, you know, what retails would you need to partner with or speak to, um, you know, to have that. It would not make sense for you to have a cup that costs 500, 500 rand and go and retail it or go and, 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 and ask um, Pep, you know, to stock your product. It doesn't make sense. You have to understand the customer segment that you are, you are gunning for. Mm-hmm. So the advice is very simple. Go online and and go and Google business model canvas. Download that um, you know that uh, that uh, what you will find there, and uh, make sure that you start you know filling it out. Or you can just go ahead and print it, or you can do it electronically, whatever works for you. But start looking at that and asking yourself questions. And you can go on YouTube. We live in an information age. You can go on YouTube and watch videos on what a business model canvas is or how to start filling your business model canvas. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of resources online that um, you know can guide you on how to do that. And once you are clear on that, because an idea is just an idea, but you don't yet understand the market or the customer segment that you are gunning for, right? You don't yet, it does, idea does not necessarily tell you the channel. It doesn't tell you what the revenue streams will be. It doesn't tell you what um, you know, the key activities that need to be invested on a day-to-day basis are to make sure that this business work or this idea, which is a business, you know, how will it work out? So go ahead and, uh, you know, and, 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 and Google Business Model Canvas and invest your time in, you know, in filling that out so that you yourself can start understanding your market and invest time in researching as well. It's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's super helpful. Podcast family, um, as Upel has mentioned, Check out Business Model Canvas on Google, YouTube, wherever you consume your content. And you should be able to at least get a guide which will ask you important questions that will help you move your idea from the head and practically be able to have a model that will work and that can sell. Maybe as we bring in our plane for landing now, and I will definitely um, ask Pearl to share uh, more on her side as to how you can connect with her because I'm sure you might have questions and you might download this model and certain things creep up and jump up at you and you w- would like to know how best do you go about um, navigating and I'll definitely hand over to her to share a bit of that but before we do that maybe one of the beautiful things I've observed you do as a business leader is how you connect with people I've watched you speak on different platforms um, globally, uh, locally, different nationalities. Um, there's a beautiful um, initiative you're part of a few years about, uh, ago. I think it's Africa 80, if I'm not mistaken, where you had uh, brilliant minds from around Africa 
um, and the minister, I think, was also there, and how you were so confident in your speaking and how you connected with upper level leaders and entrepreneurs who were starting out and how you're just able to connect so effortlessly. It actually looks like you don't even sweat when doing it. Uh, maybe talk to us. H how do you do it? How do you connect um, so effortlessly as a business leader? And how important is that to entrepreneurs? Well, first of all, I sweat. <laughs> you just don't see it. <laughs> There's a lot of sweating, you know, that, that happens there. I, I will not lie to you. Um, so, you know, one of the things that um, I, I'm naturally good at um, is connecting with people, you know, so I will not lie and say that um, I do not have that, but I'm also an introvert, so I don't necessarily put myself out there. I, I more comfortable in being drawn into a conversation than me starting a conversation. Um, and so, you know, you know, those two, you know, are things or areas that I obviously need to sort of, um, you know, look at and how do I work at these so that they complement each other, right? Um, so that I'm also an initiator of conversation, of interesting conversation, um, you know, with people. But how do I do that? Um, and it's something that I actually learned um, from a, a TED talk uh, a while ago, which is, learn to speak last um, as a leader um, because of the benefits of speaking last and, and and what that does is that it allows you an opportunity to hear you know what drives people what people are passionate about um, you know wh where are people's minds at you know at the time and when you start understanding that when you start seeing or hearing that then it allows you an opportunity then to then connect with them at the point of where their passions are so it's not about you speaking to people um, about what you want to do, what you like, what you, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's you also making sure that you discover what is it that makes Mzwandile tick, what inspires him, what motivates him on a day-to-day -day basis. Hmm, let me speak about that. But also when, when, when you are listening as well, you know, at these people, um, as you are preparing to speak last, you are, you are listening not to respond, but you are listening to hear and learn and understand people. Um, you know, empathy for me has actually probably been one of the, you know, the, the key things that I find, um, you know, have worked out for me. I mean, there's a lot of things. Um, there's a lot of uh, soft skills, uh, I would call it, you know, that, um, you know, entrepreneurs and, and any leader at least would need to, you know, develop like teamwork and mm -hmm. um, communication and all of that stuff. However, I, I realize that empathy you know, um, is actually is one that is actually quite important as well because, um, you know, empathy allows you to understand and share, you know, the, the, the feelings of others, you know, and you're able to build, you know, a rapport and understanding of people and the, their life missions, right? My life mission is business development through my agency. Um, and that's something that's really, um, you know, important to me and something that I feel, you know, could edify, you know, the betterment of the world. Um, and other people have their own life missions as well. But do you take the time to listen, to hear what is it that makes Umzwandile tick? And can I engage uh, Umzwandile from that point, right? Wow. So, and, and, you know, entrepreneurs are so driven with so much energy. <laughs> and, you know, we usually just want to talk about our passions and what makes us tick and all of that. And that's great. That's fantastic. But learn as well to wait, speak last and understand other people have empathy. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and, and, and find out what it is that makes people tick, what it is that people find as important to them, and that is their life missions. 
um, and then you start engaging them from then it becomes very easy to connect with people in that sense um, and once people um, you know feel that oh I'm speaking to someone who cares and understands they're more able to then you know to open up again another mentor of mine uh, once said to me that Pearl um, good aura is a competitive advantage so when you are not an anxious person um, and you make sure that you listen to other people, um, and in my case, I, I also pray a lot um, and, you know, letting go of negative energy and being, um, you know, very jittery and wanting business all the time, but just, you know, relaxing and allowing, um, you know, opportunities to come by you being deliberate uh, in, in, in nurturing or capacity building yourself and doing all these other things mm -hmm. that you need to do. When you have that calm you know, spirit or that that aura, you know, around you, it becomes a competitive advantage wow. for you because people feel, you know, when you walk through the door, people feel I can trust this person with this contract. Wow. I can give this person this, you know, this business, right? And then it opens that door of which I spoke about, where then you are selling a peace of mind to this person that has opened mm -hmm. that door. But your rapport, right? That energy, um, you know, is something that does, you know, uh, allow you know, people to then come to you and then trust you. But it all starts again with conversation and being deliberate and understanding other people and listening to what other people, what what drives other people and all of that, having genuine interest in that um, and then engaging them from that point of their passion. Wow. Podcast family, I don't know about you, but I took so much from this amazing episode with Pearl Mapumolo. Thank you so much for sharing so many nuggets of wisdom, which are so practical and applicable to every any context that we find ourselves as business leaders. And podcast family, something I'm excited about as well. I know Pearl shared so much information and you might be wanting to figure out how best can I get a summary of this? Worry not, we got you. Uh, head over to www.mzonilemakakula.com and you should be able to download the episode notes which are a practical tool which will help you to also apply this content in your context and be able as a leader to upscale your leadership. I think my takeaway from, okay, there's quite a lot, but maybe towards the end, how you spoke about how a leader needs to learn to speak last and how that gives you an advantage similar to the one of the good aura, which becomes your competitive advantage. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, this was really helpful maybe just to conclude on your side any parting uh, thoughts as well as where can our podcast family be able to connect with you further sure um i think my 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 parting words or i don't know advice um you know would be you know to to anyone that's listening here any leader that's listening here is just make sure and this you know was a mistake that i had done um you know in my developing as, as in my own leadership journey at least, devote time in, um, in developing your strengths, then spending lengthy periods attempting to fix your, your shortcomings. There's actually, in fact, a book that I would want to, you know, to recommend as well. Great tool um, for some of um, those that were listening. It's called, uh, it's called Strengths Finder 2.0. Um, it's by an author called uh, Tom Rath. Um, go ahead and read that and it, you know, it'll help you a lot in, you know, in in, in being deliberate, in identifying and finding what your strengths are. And then you start working and, and, and developing those strengths, right? And when you do that, right, it helps you then also identify like people and partnerships, like I was mentioning in the business model canvas, identifying those, you know, partnerships that will cover the shortcomings, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and also again, you know, 
being competent does not mean being able to do everything. Being competent also means knowing when to delegate, right? Yeah. When you cannot do something and someone else can do it, you know, better than you. Because when you do not realize this, you then become the fly in the ointment and you stop the progress um, that you could have enjoyed when you do not do that. So I'll, that would be my parting words. Um, and for anyone that wants to connect with me, um, they can connect with me on social media. Um, on my my Facebook is Cindy Pearl Mapumolo. Um, on Twitter, I am Cindy Pearl 101. And on, um, on Instagram, I'm Cindy Pearl 101 as well. Um, and then those that want to read more about what I do or my, my company, they can visit the website, which is www.thebda, which is short for the business development agency.co.za. It's amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been an amazing podcast episode. I really enjoyed this conversation, took a lot from it. Thank you so much for your energy. Uh, and for making time to be part of our podcast, we really appreciate and we are rooting for you as you continue to change the world in your sphere of influence. Thank you so much. And to you, podcast family, thank you so much for being part of the episode and sticking it through till the end. Remember to download the episode notes until we meet again. Continue to take your lead and change the world one individual at a time. Well, thank you for joining us on Take Your Lead Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get new episodes delivered directly to your device as soon as we release the new episode. And for show notes on today's episode and on previous episodes, just go to www.mzwandilemakakula.com. And if you are a fan of the show, we would love it if you'd give us a review and help us spread the word. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Take Your Lead Podcast.